0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and a devoted alcohol recovery coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have a special guest here. Her name is Ellen Elizabeth. She is an author and coach representing people who are dealing with the struggle and the shame that comes from feelings of inadequacy. Her memoir, Split Ends, will be published May 23rd of this year. She strives to inspire people to define who they want to be and to help them transform their demons into dreams through radical honesty. Thank you so much, Ellen Elizabeth, for joining today.
1: Thank you for having me. I can't wait to have our conversation and hopefully have some listeners really feel some inspiration
0: absolutely. And what I want to do today is I just really want to hear your story, your background, and how you were able to overcome your addiction with drugs and alcohol
1: Of course, I love sharing my story because I never know who's gonna hear it and hear what they need to hear um so I I started with a normal childhood. Everything was good. Um, I was a good student, Um, straight A's, played sports, did band, did all the things in school, and I never really partied a ton in high school. I, you know, tried it a few times, but it wasn't an obsession at that point. Um, I met my first boyfriend when I was 17, and he was my first serious boyfriend, I didn't know when I met him that he was actually a drug addict and he introduced me to hard drugs. Um, so I kind of just went from zero to a thousand very quickly. Um, I wanted to do anything for him. Um, I, I just had a completely wrong idea of what love was. Um, I feel like I totally changed who I was to be who he wanted me to be and drugs, were a big part of his life, um, so they became a big part of my life. I was so scared of losing him um, that I just really did whatever needed to be done, Um, so that was really a terrible part of my life. Um, It was while I was trying to go to college, and I was transferring all the time. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I only wanted to be where he was. We ended up moving to a different state, and that's when Things really got worse. um, And I ended up having to withdraw from that university because I was failing. Um, I didn't go to class. I had been up all night doing drugs and did drugs before going to school. And it was just unmanageable. At that time, I kind of had this little notion in my head, like, this is kind of an addictive behavior. (laughs) But I was like, oh, I'm not an addict. It's just it's just what college kids do. You know, I'm at that age where we're supposed to try things and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just tried to convince myself everything was okay. And I eventually, um, I called my mom one day and just told her how terrible, I never said I was on drugs. Um, so I convinced everyone I was having mental issues. Um, but I was like, I need to come home. And so she got in the car. She and my dad came to pick me up. Um, and I came home to, um Colorado which is where i live now. So through all that i was able to finally realize i could break up with him and could be okay. So i did do that and i just removed myself from him and that removed me from the drugs. So looking back at that i don't really understand how i was able to do that. I don't remember getting withdrawals or going through i didn't go to a rehab or start doing any programs um but I did start drinking alcohol every day. So I basically switched one for the other. And at that point I was 21 and I thought that 21 year olds just drink every day. Um, I started drinking at five, thought that was normal because it's happy hour um, and just drank all night, every night. So obviously that's not normal, but it, to me, I thought it was, I convinced myself everything I was doing was just what everyone else did. So I went through the party phase and then met, you know, I had some other relationships. Um, One of them, I'm pretty sure the reason he broke up with me was for my alcoholism. Um, He had tried to get me to go to AA and I thought it was stupid. I didn't didn't like it. I thought everything about it was weird. And obviously I was only going to AA because he wanted me to. So I wasn't there for me. And that's really the only way you can get sober is if you want to. Um, so I kept drinking, met my now husband, we, you know, were mid twenties. So we did go out a lot. We partied together. And then it got to the point where I needed so much more than anyone else that like I'd go out with my girlfriends and they'd have one shot and be tipsy. And I was like, what, um, I need like six or seven to even feel tipsy. Like that's not even drunk. That's just tipsy. Um, so I started carrying extra in my purse and sneaking it at home. Um, and so hiding it essentially. Um, and then I moved in with my husband. We weren't married yet, but we moved in together and I really started freaking out cause I didn't know, I didn't want him to know how much I needed, you know, we'd still drink together, but he didn't know I needed so much more. So I started hiding water bottles in the closet. Um, filled with vodka and just did that as long as possible. There were really terrible things that happened. Um, I also took Ambien every night. So drinking with Ambien is a whole different, you know, (laughs) feeling and things happen. Um, So I had several scary like Ambien infused blackouts and then scary alcohol blackouts and became very angry, very violent. Um, just, I, I've never known how to show feelings and they've always come out as anger. And so when I was drinking, that was just so much worse. (sighs) Finally got to, I was still doing that. We're still married, um, or still together. We get married and we immediately start trying to have kids. We'd always wanted kids together. I was still drinking thinking I was getting away with it. He kind of figured, I mean, he'd been through a lot of the incidences with me that weren't good. So he knew I drank a lot. Um, He thought it was just those few times. And then I think he was starting to figure out like, this is a lot more than what I'm seeing, you know? And so we realized that we're not able to naturally have kids together. Um, So we started doing fertility. Um, First, that was the pills that help with ovulation. And then it was actual procedures that you need to do. And through the beginning of all that, I'm just chugging vodka, um, knowing I'm still doing all of these fertility treatments. And I tried to stop. Um, He was my husband said, you know, let's quit drinking while we're doing all this stuff. Cause it'll, we'll be healthier. And, and so he would quit and I'd be like, okay, I'm quitting too. But on the way home, I'd have four shooters just to like get it. So I wasn't shaky and like withdrawing overnight. Um, and I was pissed every time I was like, this isn't getting me drunk. This is just to get me to that like level place. Um, and I was just miserable. I absolutely hated it. I didn't tell any of the doctors that I was drinking so much. Um and it got to the point where I couldn't even fathom getting pregnant because I was so scared of having to quit. Um, but at the same time, I just we've always wanted kids. That's what I've always wanted. So it was just this awful cycle of wanting kids but not knowing how to quit and then feeling bad about myself, blaming myself for all the for infer- infertility you know, just the self-loathing that comes with addiction. Um, And it really just spiraled even more out of control. And on like this one weekend where I was trying to be under control because we were still going through treatments, I drank six large glasses of wine and then went to a party where I had vodka and peed the bed and blacked out by a pool. It's just like, that was me trying to control it. Um, and it, it just was completely insane. Um, Insanity is, you know, just part of it. So several other really bad things happened. And I started, I had, I felt like I had to drink first thing in the morning because I was so shaky, so hungover so miserably sad and upset with myself, um, that that's the only way I knew I could go on. So that was happening. I was still trying to control it, and it finally just—I reached that point where I was wasted by eleven thirty. I was at work. I knew I was going to get caught and fired, and I called my husband. And said, "You need to get me right now. This is what happened. They're going to notice." he wasn't happy about it but he came and in the car i said i think i should go to rehab that's the last thing i remember saying um and then i woke up at home and my parents were there my husband was there um and they just said you know we found you a place to go so that's the start of my recovery journey um that was six a little over six years ago so i did go to a facility um i ended up staying inpatient for about three weeks. Um, and that's all insurance would allow me to do. That's a whole different conversation is how awful insurance is for things like this. Um, but I did continue doing outpatient for, I think three to six more weeks. I don't really remember. Um, and then I started doing AA off like as often as I possibly could. That was my first form of recovery. Um, I've now found several other different recovery programs that also resonate with me. So I don't think there's only one way to recover. I think there, however works for you is absolutely what works. Um, so for me, it's AA and other like online recovery communities. And I do volunteer work at, um, recovery centers and I'm becoming a coach to help people throughout all of this. Um, and really just, for me, the actual steps of AA are really powerful and help me just live my life in a better way. You learn all about yourself in a different way than than for me than ever before. Because um, in addiction, I just blamed everyone else and didn't look inward. Um, I have a completely different like spiritual view, Um spirituality is different than it used to be. I feel more connected to the universe. Um I don't call it God. I just say the universe. It can be whatever you want it to be. But um and just having the support around me that I've had has been amazing. My husband has been incredible. My family's been incredible. I unfortunately did lose an entire friend group um because that's what they do. They drink and It just didn't really include me anymore, which was fine because I was uncomfortable being at those places. But it is like a grieving process still, even six years later, um, to lose those types of friends. So I did um, end up getting pregnant after getting sober. So we did still have to do infertility stuff. So we did IVF and now we have twins. They're four, so that's been crazy and it's just kind of like everything i wanted started happening once i got sober and i was i mean i was functioning when i like considered a functional alcoholic cuz everything looked perfect on the outside and no one would have guessed except for people close to me um so i convinced myself everything was fine because i still had my job i still had you know a car you know food, material things. And there's no way I was an alcoholic cuz I have all these things, you know. Um but it's just on the inside I was completely dying. Um so now I don't have to lie about who I am. I don't have to hide and have secrets and you know, I I do finally have that family that I wanted. Um some days it's hard to remember that I wanted them because they're four and they're twins and they're everywhere and all over the place, but you know, that's how kids are. So it's been quite the journey. I mean, it, it started hardcore and then just transferred to alcohol. And, um, I think my active addiction was about 15 years. So, um, it's just been, it's completely baffling to me that I'm alive. And (laughs) I feel like most people through addiction have those moments where it's like whoa that was pretty intense you know why am I still here um and it's just amazing to see I mean I feel like I needed to go through that and I'm grateful I went through that because it made me who I am today
0: wow that is so incredible it's such a beautiful story I know there's always those moments those ugly moments in our addiction those dark times and I, I feel like my story and your story is just very much similar I started doing hard drugs, my first drug before like marijuana even, and cigarettes. Even a sip of alcohol was straight ecstasy. I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. The boyfriend at the time was going to parties and raves and everything. And and then we were living together and then we broke up, but then I was still continuing that habit of going to parties and raves. And then I remember that after that phase was out, then there was, I turned 21, 22, and then there was a drinking phase. I dropped out of college because all I was doing was getting drunk all the time. And right. then after that i married my dj boy or, or i married my dj boyfriend we right. moved in together but he was an addict as well so the only difference i would say is that your husband was very is very good he's very supportive very yeah. good husband and that's amazing that you had that because i wish i had that my husband was an enabler very codependent so if mm-hmm. i said hey go buy me a bottle of vodka I'd have it right in five minutes or, hey, you know, let's we drink together and everything. So you are so fortunate that you have such a great support system that way that he's there like, hey, you need help. Let's let's get you help. My husband did not tell at the time. This is my ex-husband. I'm remarried now. um, At the time, he he never once told my mom I had a problem, never even brought any any awareness of my my habit. He didn't say anything. It was our lifestyle. and i am just so i'm so proud of you for Mm -hmm. for just changing your life and it's beautiful hearing your story because there is hope even though we feel like we're dying inside yes we feel like we're dying inside but really it's just dimmed our light is dimmed and we just need that light to come out again and then once that does come and Hear you're coaching now, and you wrote a, I want to talk about your book, Split yeah. Ends. Yeah, it's coming out May 23rd. I'm excited. I want to actually get it. I, I love yep. hearing everybody's stories and memoirs. I get so inspired because it's just amazing. Can you just share a little bit about what your memoir is about?
1: Absolutely. So it it goes into my story that I just um, told you just obviously in 250 pages or however much. Um, so it's very much just from my childhood all the way to where I am today, um, it goes, it's very vulnerable, very detailed, you know, there's things in there that I'm not proud of and that are embarrassing. And I just feel with that radical honesty, it'll really help people. Um, cause I've even, I have a website and I started with a blog, um, and I've had friends say, you know, I read your last blog, it made me so uncomfortable. And I'm just like, well, that's good. I think like, it hits a nerve, and it makes you start thinking about stuff. Um, so yeah, it really it goes into like my mental illnesses too. you know, I have anxiety and depression and, and different things that you're just trying to like cover up with the drugs and alcohol. Um, so it's always just the things that we want to numb are really what we need to like find the root of like, why is that? so hard for me to to feel those feelings and to handle um so it's something I'm so proud of I'm I'm so excited I'm also nervous that it's going to be out into the world but I think it really will help a lot of people and that's really the only not the only reason I did it for me it was very therapeutic to write the whole thing to just go through it to own it um but I'm sure that a lot of people will resonate with it and that's really all I want Yes,
0: they will resonate with it. And you're going to see everyone's going to be contacting you. Oh, thank you so much for this book. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to be raving. I'm, I, I just already have a feeling. I have a, I have a high intuition oh, <laughs> and, I, I, and then I, I definitely feel like it's going to help a lot of people because I'm feeling like a lot of people are feeling alone, especially during COVID oh, Remember man. when we are sheltered, right? I don't know oh, about man. you, but I was hearing stories that it was either one way or the other people were either drinking a lot more or mm-hmm. people were, who were drinking stopped drinking because they weren't going out as much. Right. <laughs> what are I'm, some? Yeah.
1: I just can't, I'm grateful I got sober before COVID cause that I would have been like up to a handle a day. I'm sure at that point, cause it's just what, what else is there to do? You're bored and you're, I mean, for me being bored was a trigger being yes. alone was a trigger. Um, So, but I also found some of my online communities through COVID. So that was awesome. There's just been so much more. I mean, now there's a million zoom meetings you can go to that are not AA related or that are AA related. And, you know, all these coaching tools you can find online. Um, But a ton of the women that I know from those communities, their sobriety dates are around COVID. Um, So it's good that, people were starting to notice it. But uh, yeah, I mean just for for anything you're no one going through this journey is alone and it's really the absolute hardest thing you'll ever do is asking for help, but it's really once you do there's this entire community that will will love you and you know just grab you in a little hug and they'll have your back forever. I mean, I've met some of my best friends through like recovery programs. And I I know that they'll answer my phone or not my phone. Um, <laughs> They'll answer their phone if I call them and they'll be there if I'm struggling. You know, everyone that saw me go through some really hard stuff during sobriety was always there for me. Um, So it's just that asking for help is the hardest, but it's really the most important. But I mean, no one in this is alone, even though there's those times when you just feel helpless and like no one will understand, but we all do, you know, your story and my story are similar. And we had no idea about that until we shared. So there's just always someone in your shoes um, that you can relate to.
0: Totally. Yeah. There's always somebody. And I, I remember you were talking about taking Ambien and, and with alcohol. Like, I used to have a whole bunch of vodka bottles in my, they're empty, Of they were empty, of course. I don't <laughs> think alcohol lasted in my,
1: <laughs> nope.
0: I think it would be done in one day. I, I would have to drink a, vic, a fifth of vodka a day in order for me to function. Like, yeah. like Like, similar to your story, I would have to wake up, first thing I would, I have to drink because Mm -hmm. otherwise I'd be I couldn't function I couldn't drive I couldn't work I couldn't do anything and I would go ahead and put the vodka in my water bottle and mix it and take it to work I was just waiting to get caught one day but for some reason I I didn't get caught because no one knew what was going whatever they saw on the outside there's like oh she's normal no really Mm -hmm. I was dying inside just like Mm -hmm. how you were saying you just were dying inside and I feel like community is a big 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 important uh aspect of the recovery i feel like yes. we need people <laughs> and then that. yeah and then we need more coaches like you and i want to talk a little bit about uh how you coach your clients what kind of process you take them through
1: it kind of depends on the client you know first i want to know what w- works for them some people are absolutely no aa they they don't relate to it whatsoever and some people are open to it so i really just try to get a sense of who they are and what they want and how is the best way to recover for them so i kind of tailor it to their wants and their needs obviously if they're okay with aa then i you know lead them through that type of program it's i'm not their sponsor but you know i'm helping them through the same type of um program and experience you go through with that and um if it's not aa related i still do um try to bring in the themes of just what we go through and what we're trying to cover up. So they always say alcohol is the symptom. You know, what is it a symptom of? And why are we, depending on it, you know, is it from something you went through in childhood? Is it from, for me, like, I think I was just kind of born an addict. You know, it is a disease. It can just be, you know, there, um, there was nothing that I went through that was like traumatic that would have triggered me to want to numb that feeling. So where did it come from? You know, I'm still figuring that out to this day. Like, what is it inside of me that I needed to numb? So it's really just using the tools to get to that like deep, dark place that you were trying to cover up. And then working through it in a way that can make you see the triggers, see your part in things, see how you're reacting, um, and how you can kind of switch your thinking so that if you are feeling that way, what can you do instead of using or drinking?
0: Yes, yes. And what would you say are some habits that you have implemented in your life now that are healthy. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. they're healthy because you're not,
1: right. you're not yeah. using Everything's it anymore. Healthy. Everything's
0: healthy. But what are some of those um, habits that you started doing when in your early phases of recovery?
1: Yeah. So I'm that total stereotypical recovery person doing all the yoga, all the meditation, all the journaling. Um, and those things really helped me. Obviously, as a writer, I love journaling. Um, I've gotten into more. Like exercise, I was really active in exercise when I was drinking, um because I was like, "Oh my God, I'm eat, having four thousand calories of vodka a day. I should probably run three miles, you know, um so it's just now a different reason for working out um um, just the community, who can I talk to? who can give me ideas of things that they they do? um, you know I still do like self care is very important. I do massages, I do acupuncture and she's always like, well, we're still detoxing your liver. And it's been six years and I'm just like, good God, what did I do to it? You know? Um, so I do a lot of the holistic natural type things as well. And no, not everyone is into that type of thing, but for me, it really, I just consider it self-care. Um, you know, I have to just, there is a higher power in my life and I have to co- connect with that every day. Um, cause it is, the thing that I believe is leading me, um, and helping me through everything that I'm going through. Um, so I also, you know, there's still days that I just want to watch Netflix for 12 hours. And some days you just need stuff like that. But my sponsor is always like, well, you know, binging is also an ad- addiction. I'm like, ah, and the alternative. So just going to watch this show in a day and be done with it. But yeah, so kind <laughs> it depends.
0: That's funny. Yeah. I noticed, I know, cause you know, I have a strong addiction personality too. And it's like, okay, I need to, it's either all or nothing for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either all or nothing. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. And, or I'm not going to do it at all. Right. And I, I, there was no middle ground. Um, what are some steps or what are some ways that if people are like in the middle ground, like what can they do to make sure that they're not implementing bad habits and just overall changing themselves?
1: you know, what phase they're in of their recovery. If they're, if they're in that like gray area where they're, they're thinking, you know, I may be a problem drinker, but I don't think I'm an alcoholic. And it's always that like label that also there's just such a stigma around it. And not everyone's comfortable with the term, which is absolutely fine. You know, I encourage people just to say, I'm sober curious, or, you know, I'm trying to be alcohol free. Um, You don't have to label yourself as anything that you're not comfortable with. Um, But, you know, I tell people that they really just, you know, can use some of the tools um, like that I use. And if you're starting to obsess about it or crave it, you know, there are the things that, like I just mentioned, just take a pause and instead of thinking about the drugs or alcohol go on a walk or you call a friend that you know is alcohol free or that would support you even if they're not alcohol free just even trying to help someone else like if you're i heard someone say that um when they thought about drinking they would go to a grocery store and put all the carts back into the little cuz you know people just leave it wherever their car was and they never like roll it back to the cart area And just, like, getting out of yourself and trying to help people um, instead of just sitting there obsessing about what's wrong with you and why do I have this and why can't I stop thinking about it? Just, like, go try to be a good Samaritan and do something. It just gets you out of negative self-talk.
0: Yes, I feel like service is a big part of recovery. I Mm notice when I'm serving others, I don't feel like everything's – I'm not even thinking about myself anymore. I'm thinking about others and how can I serve to the community and I think you're doing a great service by writing a book. And not only is it therapeutic for you, but it's going to be therapeutic for others who are reading it, as well as coaching right. um, individuals. No, are you coaching men and women, or is it just yes. women? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, I, ri-
1: I originally thought like just women because I also have the infertility piece and everything. Um, but I mean, there's just men and we're all in this, t- there's like no difference. You know, it doesn't matter if you make. million a year or Matthew Perry, making however many million a year. And, you know, we're all going through the same thing. So I'm absolutely doing both men and women. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yes. And also spirituality, like you were mentioning, is a big part of the recovery process. Would you say that you were connected to the universe before you uh, were drinking and doing drugs?
1: So I grew up Catholic, so I've always believed in God. Um, I feel like now I'm spiritual instead of religious. Um, So that's kind of, People don't always understand that. And when they think of a higher power, they just think of God and that, you know, can freak some people out. Um, but my, my spiritual practice is so much stronger now. Um, and it's only through the program of AA that I've learned, you know, that portion of me. Um, and it's, so I have changed it from God to the universe. And, you know, I just believe that there's something that's always been with me, watching. Over you know, me, you know, there's a reason I didn't get in a car accident when I was driving blackout, you know, there's a reason I never ran over someone when I was, you know, driving drunk and like, someone's been something um, has always been there for me. And for people that struggle with that idea. Um, I had someone tell me, you know, I believe in karma, but I'm struggling with this you know, higher power thing. And I was like, well, just make karma your higher power. If you believe that, you know, what you put out in the world will come back to you. Just like, just make that what you believe in. And and that's been working for her. So it's just all about how how you think about it and, you know, what you believe about it.
0: It's so funny because you remind me of, there's a story of someone made just their, they didn't believe in anything. Like, I don't believe in anything. So they made their goldfish <laughs>
1: I know it's like, like if that works, that, if that's it really works, fine. it
0: works. I think the biggest thing is you need to surrender and right. die to yourself. And then mm-hmm. that way you're able to evolve and grow and be who tr- your true who your true spirit is. And your true right. spirit is just amazing, amazing. And everybody has it within them. It's not just like this person's better than this because they're doing this or no. No, it's all right. in us. Everybody
1: it's yes. just un- it was just up to us to unleash it go find it yeah <laughs> and i i really believe in like your highest self and your like vibrations throughout life so you know i'm on my path to finding my highest self i'm not there but all this crap that i had to go through that was really hard like con- well i'm not i like to say conquering it but it's never like gone i haven't completely conquered it you know but going through it and transforming to where I am today, you know, is bringing me closer to my highest self. So it's kind of fun to think of it that way. Cause then it's like, Ooh, where will I be when I'm 85? You know, what will I have learned in, you know, 50 more years? And I don't know. It's just, for me, it's kind of, it's just fun to think of like how far you can go in your lifetime.
0: Yeah. Your potential is uh, limitless is right. uh, you have you can do anything. I feel like people can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and we can manifest it, too. We can
1: definitely well, manifest it. Oh, I totally believe in manifesting. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I'm so, all about the manifesting. I'm all about the, you know, I I see holistic healers and, you know, card readers and oracle readers and all the things and i just like to try everything and i just leave my mind open to it all
0: yeah an open mind is very important i mean like you said with the whole the religious aspect i feel there's like just so many rules right And i thought like you know we have the right to choose because it's free will the universal law <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so people always have like con- conflicts with that you know i never grew up spiritual or religious and then it wasn't until then I'm just like, God help me. Then it helped me. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on who, who what, what you align with, whatever you align with. And that's your spirit aligning with that. So whatever yeah. that, that it is, and everybody's different. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, but mm-hmm. I want to know what are like the biggest breakthroughs that you've experienced since you've quit alcohol and drugs?
1: So I think becoming a mom, um, is something you're never, ever prepared for, um, And some of the things I had to go through sober were just like, like my son almost died, you know, five or six times, um, had my husband have do CPR on him three times. Um, and you know, we're sitting in the, the NICU, the PICU for 50 days within his, you know, for six months of life. And it's like, I didn't drink through that. And, you know, if I hadn't been sober, I would have been bringing, you know, water bottles filled with vodka into the hospital and, you know, who knows if like, I I don't understand what doctors say to me when I'm sober. Like I can't imagine when they're babbling all these words. I don't understand when I'm drunk. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Um, So just, you know, the things I've been able to handle, I never thought I would handle, um, you know, in a, in a sober way. And I feel like every, I mean, this is kind of silly, but every day is a breakthrough. It's just like, you learn something more about yourself, every day um, and just like working a program and waking up sober is a breakthrough every day, you know, cause I never imagined I could go 12 hours without alcohol. Like I would physically get uncomfortable and just angry and shaky and sweaty. And my heart was racing if I didn't have booze within that amount of time. So the fact that we can go from that to six years in recovery is a breakthrough in itself.
0: Beautiful, yes. Every day is a breakthrough. And it's interesting that you talked about your son. My son was also in NICU. Uh, I did Mm -hmm. stop drinking during my pregnancy and uh, I was hemorrhaging during my my pregnancy. They had induced me because it was gestational diabetes was my last month of my third trimester. So I was putting insulin and everything, but I was monitored regularly. But for some reason, when the nurse put that thing inside me where I was supposed to open up my cervix more blood just came rushing out he had hypoxia he was in NICU his lung lung then collapsed and it's like well I wasn't drinking during that time either so I can totally relate again to the whole NICU thing it's so it's so scary but you know what they're they're good now it's like I'm sure your son is much better and then mine's just a little love a bundle of joy next door and it's just great it's just the the breakthroughs that do come with being a sober minded and everything is just incredible. Right.
1: Wow! I know. And just the community around me when I was going through that, because, you know, I'd been sober a couple of years when I don't remember when they were born, but it'd been a while. And so I already had connections that of sober people. And, you know, there were always people trying to, it was before COVID. So they could visit in the hospital and bring us food and, you know, check on me <laughs> to make sure I'm okay. And it's just, like we've talked about the community is so strong and amazing
0: yes and you said you had to pretty much get rid of your old friends and how how did you do that
1: um it really sucked it actually so my husband is a normie so he can drink um one and be done if he wants which is weird but um (laughs) like he can go so he still wanted to be friends with this group and I you know told him my why I was uncomfortable with it, but said I would try the parties a little bit. And so I, I did try a few times and and it's just number one, not fun because they're all drunk. Um number two, like they were awkward about it. And it's I just didn't know how to relate anymore. Like they're in a place where they don't want to look at their own stuff. Um and I'm not gonna preach at them. Like if someone needs help and comes to me. I will 100% help you, but I'm not going to go to a party where everyone's drunk and be like, you guys need help. Like, this is what you should be doing. Like, that's not what we do. Um, So it just, you know, eventually stopped getting contacted. You know, it's not, I would try for a little bit. I feel like they would try for a little bit and then it just kind of fizzled. You know, they're still in my community. We still see them. They're, you know, friends on social media and like every once in a while we'll talk but um it's yeah it just kind of it was hard for my husband too because he felt like he lost those friendships as well so it's been really like just managing your own relationship once you're sober and then adding all these other people just makes it very complicated especially since my husband has been so supportive but he also still wants to be friends and So we're still navigating stuff as we go. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, he's still, he is like 100% extroverted and I'm introverted and drinking made me extroverted. So it helped me have good times at all these parties and stuff. And now I'm like, I'm fine just staying home and not going out. It's all, you can go if you want. So it just depends
0: yeah that that reminds me yeah, I, I I thought I was so cool and so much I built so much confidence when I was drinking and going out, but then I noticed I'm a little bit more fun now <laughs> than I was before I'm like, and then I'm a little bit too happy, and people are thinking is she still drinking? I know I just feel like there's so much joy I have because I don't drink or don't do any drugs anymore I just there's just something about so being so bright, like I'm so connected to nature I am so connected to like my animals <laughs> my, my goldfish <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, I'm so connected to everything and I have just so much joy and I love like everybody and you're right about the whole frequency and that whole vibration once that is transmitted to other people and it just is just it's like a domino effect I always right. say this in all my podcasts it just it just spreads and it's just just a great conversation that that I'm having with you and I'm so grateful that you've come on today I wanted to say where can people find your book
1: of course when so. it comes out <laughs> yeah it'll be posted on my website um and the it'll come out on Amazon um to start it'll be a Kindle version first and then go into the print version um so I'll definitely be sending updates and links on my website which is um www dot it's Ellen com and you can also find also find my handles are the same on Facebook and Instagram at it's Ellen Elizabeth so I'll be promoting it a lot on those and um yeah I, I'd love to see you guys read or hear of you guys reading it um I can't wait to just get the feedback from people yes
0: five-star review <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Now, i I always like asking everybody this question you know if any if anyone who is listening right now and if they are going through some type of addiction or struggle and in anything whether it's gambling you know drugs alcohol even pornography who knows what would you say to somebody who is struggling right now what would your what, what is a piece of advice you would give them
1: right so My easiest piece of advice is you are not alone and ask for help. That's what we've kind of talked about already. Um, Asking for help is the hardest part. But even like if you don't want to talk to anybody, you know, you can easily find the recovery community online now. Um, There's tons of places, even on just social media. I found a ton of recovery um, pages on Instagram And that's kind of how I got into the community. So if you just want to start off, you know, being sober curious and looking up, you know, different community groups that you think would work for you, it's just, you don't have to like go all in right away. Just if you even go anonymously on a person's Instagram recovery page and say, hey, this is what's happening. What do you like? That's the first step. Just saying those words and I've had people on just random Facebook groups that I'm a part in reach out to me because they see that I post something about being sober and I don't know this person at all but they're like this is what's going on I really need the help there are a ton of people like me that want to do that for others so whether you reach out to me or to someone totally different you know we're all here for you.
0: Beautiful. Well thank you so much, Ellen Elizabeth. It was a pleasure speaking with
1: you. You too. And it's fun. We have so much in common. Oh,
0: way too much. It's kind of like, ooh, this is this is fun. <laughs> I want to say it's scary. I'm like, this is supposed to happen.
1: <laughs> this is <I> a lie.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. If you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes. And if you're aligned to leave a five-star review, thank you.